Welcome to Tips and Trips, your podcast guide to travel tips on the fly. I'm your host, Abby Zartman, and each episode I sit down and talk with experts, local guides, or travel enthusiasts, answering all of your travel questions along the way. On today's episode, we're listening to part two of my conversation with Susan Roberts, the executive director for the Rhode Island chapter of the American Red Cross. I'm going to backtrack a little bit. How does tourism impact your relief effort? Um, That's a big deal, and I'm so glad you mentioned that. So, um, like, right now we're looking at the statewide plan for evacuation and what we do um, to assist in disasters. And one of the things that we do is we have exercises, and the state will offer up these exercises, and they'll have all kinds of injections to find out how we're going to respond. One of those things that we do is there's a tourism injection. You know, what happens if you're in the midst of full-blown tourism in Newport, for instance, and something blows up the, up the coast? How do we handle that? Tourism's a big, a big thing, and you have people there. They don't know the lay of the land. They wouldn't know where to go to. How are we going to handle that? How do you get information out to them? Typically, in a state or a locality, you have um, code red where you can, you know, and I'm sure you get those on your phone where your municipality will say, hey, there's a gas leak. You know, here's what's going on in your neighborhood. Uh, don't go to that area. Our tourists may not have that, so how do we reach out to them, and how do they, how do we how do they know that there's something there and where they need to evacuate to? So it's all about communication. How do we reach to them? How do we get them out of the area? How do we evacuate them, and how do we uh, make them feel comfortable? And it's one thing to be prepared when you're at home and you're in your own environment and can control some elements of that, but it's another thing entirely when you're traveling and you don't know the resources available to you. Do you have any advice for travelers to be prepared on the road? Yeah, it's really interesting because, you know, traveling to an area that may be impacted by a hurricane is it's very interesting because what happens typically when there's a disaster is um, lots of workers will then start moving into places. As I was saying, they'll they'll come in pre-landfall, and so they're going to be taking up those hotel spaces. Hotels sometimes will cancel out everything. They'll cancel conferences. They'll cancel things on their end because they don't want the liability of folks coming in. So it's always something to be uh, aware of. I knowledge is everything. Um, pay attention to what area that you're traveling to, and not just the area you're traveling to, but the surrounding area. Because if there is some kind of a disaster or some kind of impact in that area, it's going to hit all of the surrounding businesses as well. There could maybe be no electricity. There could be um, things that have to be assessed after a disaster directly. Um, They'll have to go in, emergency responders go in to make sure that the gas um, pipes are okay, that there are no lines down, that the water is drinkable. Um, There are lots of things to take into consideration. And when you're traveling, one of the things you need to find or take with you um, is cash because you'll get there if the electricity's off, you're not using an ATM, <laughs> and they run on electricity, so that's not going to work for you. So you need to think about all of those things and take that into consideration. So yeah, having cash on you is a good idea, and just being generally aware of if a disaster hits, it's going to be a larger impact than just immediately where you are. 
Absolutely. And and also fuel. I mean, to have fuel, um, that was one of the uh, things in Harvey. Um, once we did start getting out on the streets and we were able to drive our vehicles, there were very few gas stations that actually were open. And when you did go to a gas station, you had to pay in cash, and you were only allowed to use $10, get $10 of fuel. That's only a couple gallons of gas. In Texas, it's a pretty big state. So you want to make sure that you're you're ready and you're prepared for those things. Um, even a generator takes fuel, so it, you know you need to be prepared. So, what can a traveler do? Because obviously, if you're home, if you live in Texas, you can have the generator, you can have some fuel ready to go. But if I'm on the road and I'm visiting Texas, or if I'm visiting the Gulf or someplace in Hurricane Alley, um, I, I might not necessarily have those resources. So, other than having cash, so that I have the liquid asset, so I can be able to purchase that, is there any other advice you would have? Yeah. So the Red Cross has uh, several different apps. There are hurricane apps. There's first aid apps. There's tornado apps. There's also um, a stay well app, um, be safe. You can get on there and let people know, I'm I'm okay. Um, here's where I'm at. I'm okay. In the event that something goes wrong, I'm going to go to this app, and you can look here to make sure that I'm okay. Um, it's really important if you're traveling to let people know where you are. Um, make sure that you take photos of your insurance papers. You have them on hand because in the event that you're evacuated very quickly, you're most likely not going to have that stuff with you. You're not going to be packing up your, your laptops and your suitcases. I've literally seen people be pulled out with onto a boat, and all they have is a little plastic bag of something with them, their meds, things like that. They don't allow folks to bring everything with them. So your laptop that you bring along on vacation may be left behind. So take photos so you have that on your phone, something really quickly that you can get to and say, hey, I have insurance. How can I get back home? Who can I contact? What can I do? So being prepared, having a record of everything that you packed, having a record of your insurance, your documents, your medication and keeping the important documents on your person. That's critical. So from your experience with Harvey to other deployments or even it was a year later that Michael hit and that was another major hurricane, what did you learn in between from being with the Red Cross for a few months to other hurricanes that you saw? Um, I think personally I saw that people are very kind And when the time comes for people to open up and help, they're ready to respond and ready to do that. That's very enlightening these days. Um, You don't always expect people to come forward, but they do. So that's very good. Um, Again, always be prepared. Uh, You know, most people don't know that you need a gallon of water for every person for every day. Um, during a during any kind of a, a hurricane or 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 just a life saving it's a life saving uh, device for you you have to have water you need to have food you need to have your medications if you have children you're going to think about bringing your diapers and all of the things that the kids may need um, there are so many different things that you would think about to pack up and take with you in the event to make sure that you have enough supplies at home is there any way that you have personally changed how you prepare uh, yeah, my eyes are pretty wide open to things. The one thing that I think that my eyes are wide open to is it feels really good to know that there are people in the background constantly looking at ways to make us safer. So I feel really good about that. Um, preparedness-wise, for me, I make sure the minute I hear that something is is in the mix for weather, um, I tell all my family members, Start plugging everything in, get it charged up. Uh, you want to have your phones charged, your laptops charged. I always have extra battery packs for my phones and my laptops. 
it's great to have. So make sure you have things like that. If you have medicines that need to be um, refilled, get those refilled before any kind of a landfall. Um, have all of those things done in advance. So I know that the Red Cross has the different apps so that you can mark that you're available and that you're safe and that there are some resources available to um, individuals and travelers alike. Are How do you see the Red Cross interacting with social media as it's becoming more prominent as a source for people to reach out? I know a lot of people will go to Twitter, for example, if something happens to see real-time live updates. What is your opinion from the Red Cross of if that's the most reliable or where would you direct other people or how would you educate people to use social media smartly in the middle of a disaster? It's funny that you mentioned that because um, as part of one of the exercises that we just did with the Providence Emergency Management, they kept throwing injections in like this was just up on Twitter and it was and we had to ground the information to make sure it was correct information and it a lot of the information may be false information. So you want to go to reliable sources that you know that have accurate information and that it's timely. So go to the Red Cross, go to NOAA, go to your state emergency manager, whatever it is, get online and look at it. But you may necessarily uh, not want to go to Twitter, things like that, because there's always a lot of false information and it's too difficult to vet and then rumors get started very quickly. Um, we also, um, if you get on the Red Cross site, it will tell you very quickly um, and in real time what shelters are available in your area in real time. So that's also a safety feature that you want to take a look at. And then does the Red Cross social team also promote that? Or uh, is the best source try and go to directly the source if you're looking for assistance with this? So we do. We we have um, Facebook. We're on there constantly um, looking at and vetting information that's on there. If somebody accidentally or puts something, posts something on uh, Facebook that's incorrect, we'll try to get in there and quickly correct that. Um, but things do slip by. So um, and we do. We're always encouraging people to go directly to our site, our Red Cross site. But certainly, you can call the one eight hundred number, one uh, eight hundred Red Cross, if you have any questions or any concerns. Anytime you're on the road, if you're concerned about travel, you can call one eight hundred Red Cross and see. You know, are they setting up shelters where I'm heading into? What's going on? It's a real easy number to remember. Um, but yeah. Always be cautious about the information that you see on social media. Yeah, and that's really, really interesting that the Red Cross is cognitive of that as well because it's just becoming such a huge resource for people, but people need to be aware that it's not always the most reliable information. So knowing the good sources to go to is, is key. Um, is there anything else that you can think of that individuals can do in situations, in disasters, um, Outside of donating or volunteering, how can we not only be prepared for these disasters, but how can we lay the framework for recovery? So recovery takes a long time, and it's dependent on what area it has happened in and who they'll allow into the area. I mean, for instance, Puerto Rico, um, and when you think about flights, there were many, many flights that were headed to Puerto Rico on vacations that were ready for Puerto Rico, yay. Uh, and then Puerto Rico hit. Um, and then you find out that there are no flights now because they didn't even have a runway prepared and nobody could land. And there were only the only folks that they were allowing in was Red Cross, National Guard, and other emergency responders. But it was very limited. So, um, you know, just 
know what's going on, be prepared, uh, um, and know that you may have to change your travel plans. And don't be afraid to do that. If you need to change your travel plans to protect yourself and your family, then that's good. You have an option to do that, so make that happen. Um, The other thing that I would advise, too, as a traveling tip, if you're one of those tourists that you're out of sight and there is all kinds of um, things coming out, uh, warnings coming out saying don't go out, stay in place, um, don't be the person. Don't be the person to go out to the ocean and stand there to get a photo, a selfie with the largest wave. Um, What happens is that responders can't get to you because once they do um, a, a stay in place, we can't get out to you. So just make sure that you you know, protect yourself. I, I talked to somebody who said that they were on vacation and there was a hurricane and the windows, they went downstairs at the lobby and saw the windows bowing in, and, I mean like hugely bowing in, and they wanted to get their selfie with that. And I'm thinking, why would you do that? Why would you put yourself in danger? So, you know, just be aware of your surroundings and make sure that you're safe. Yeah, a little bit of self-preservation goes a long way. <laughs> it's, it's always good to come back from vacation yeah. alive, right? Yeah. <laughs> that is key. Um, and then, I guess, is there anything, because I know I've been steering the conversation a little bit, is there anything that you would like to share from the Red Cross, any recent trainings or just any personal message that you would like to share to travelers or um, just people preparing for hurricane season in general? Um, Just in general, I love my job. It is hard work. Every single day we, we come in and there's something going on in our community or nationwide. Yesterday we were deploying people to floods, um, and it was, it's just an, it's an honor to get to do that, to be a part of that, to have community volunteers that come in and they're willing to give up their families, their life, their everything, their jobs for a couple weeks to go down and assist others. That makes me feel so good. Um, I just absolutely love my job. Yesterday I came in and was briefed. We had a a fire at 4.30 in the morning yesterday morning, and it was a multiple house fire, and we assisted three families, assisted in getting them lodging and and helped them out to get them back up on their feet. And we'll call them back in a week with our caseworkers to see how they're doing and is there any other um, resources that we can provide to them. So, And last night we did CPR training with um, a lot of the baseball and, and soccer coaches right here in Rhode Island. Uh, so I know that those coaches are going to go out, and if and if one of their players go down on the field, they're going to be prepared to take care of them. So every night I go home, and it's like, we did some good stuff today. I really like that. So it's an awesome job. You know, if you want to volunteer for the Red Cross, come do it, because it is an awesome experience. It's really reassuring that there are people, not only like you, but the rest of the staff at the Red Cross and the volunteers who step up when things happen. Um, I think that that's comforting, especially just in this time and age where people feel very cynical and closed off to realize that all you have to do sometimes is ask for help and know that that training and those resources are available and people really do care about one another. It's really reassuring. It's much easier to be kind than it is to be unkind. So just open up your heart. We have this saying, it's heart open, sleeves up, all in. And I love that. You just get in there and make it happen and do it. You know, treat others with respect like you would want to be treated and help. It's so much easier just to help and it would be such a much better world. 
Yeah. And I've seen a few places online just doing a little bit of research and digging about you that one of the mottos that you like to live by is be the voice for those who have no voice. Um, is there any just parting words for people who want to live like that? It's. I always say it is my honor to be the voice of the voiceless. Every single thing that I go into, I try to put myself in somebody else's shoes and say, these people are really down right now. Maybe they've had a fire. Maybe they've had a flood. Maybe they've had some, some other issue that they just can't speak for themselves right now because they're so down. But right now I have the energy to do that. I'm going to do that for you. So let's do that. And I think everybody can do that. If you just kind of step in and be an advocate for other people, I think it'll be a much better place. I love the idea that the Red Cross comes in and comforts. I'll never forget the blanket. I mean, it's it's an awesome, comforting, wraparound experience. So so be that person. How do you find the energy to do that? It's just because it's a lot, it's emotionally draining. It can be really hard to be there and to to see a lot of the disasters. And the blanket is a really touching story, but it's also intense. How do you find the energy and continue to keep pushing forward? I know you love your job, but it, it sometimes can be hard to to dig that deep. I think when you go out and experience some of the things that um, some of these folks have experienced. And you put yourself there and you just think, my day is not as bad as their day. So I'm, I can do this. I will do this. Yeah, I'm going to do this, you know. And you just make it happen. But um, I, like I said, I love my job. I love being a humanitarian. And I wouldn't have it in any other way. And um, I love coffee. So that helps, too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, thank you so much, Susan. It's like I already said, it's really reassuring for me personally, and I'm sure for our listeners, that there are people like you and people in the Red Cross who who feel this way and are empowered to help out one another. And I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. Oh, thank you for having me. You've been listening to Tips and Trips with me, your host, Abby Zartman. My guest this week was Susan Roberts. You'll find links to the references we discussed in this week's episode description on whatever device you're listening to the show on. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please subscribe and invite a friend to travel along with us. Special thanks to Ensure My Trip for sponsoring the podcast, Julie Lafretti for production assistance, Brittany Janae for creating our logo. This episode was recorded in Warwick, Rhode Island at Star Trek Studios.